Husker 24-7 podcast, bi-week edition. This is Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christopherson. Gentlemen, how are you enjoying your bi-week so far? Pretty good. I've been watching this show called Breaking Bad, which uh, apparently uh, apparently happened a few years ago, but I'm, uh, I'm on to it now. Early thoughts? Uh, pretty good. I'm only four episodes in, uh, so... Uh, I'm in the beginning phases. You know that I'm always behind in everything. I don't know how to order an Uber. I don't know how to, uh, or I got my Nintendo after the Super Nintendo came out, so it's no surprise that I'm just watching this show right now. Uh, I was going to say I watched the El Camino movie, which you know takes place after the events of Breaking Bad that just came out this weekend. Um, so yeah, you're you're a little behind. Uh, a little behind, but I I will be very curious here in a couple weeks when you finish the show, uh, what you what you think of all of it. So maybe we'll uh, we'll have a special television podcast just to break down Breaking Bad six years later. All right. we, we could do like a special podcast of shows that have been off the air for several years, and Brian and I, because I'm the same way. Like I, I watched the most re- the most recent show I watched was Cheers, and that's yes. been off the air for like three decades. So, um, yeah, we we can uh, th- that might be a, a special offshoot podcast we could do. Cheers, Cheers was filmed before a live studio audience, I believe. Isn't <laughs> that, that how they always introed it? They they told you that again and again, in case yeah, you didn't know. I appreciated that. Well, that's uh, that concludes the Cheers portion of this podcast uh Brunson, what about you how's your bye week uh it is going well so far i'm actually sitting in my parents basement um to, to kind of get this podcast the, the true podcast blogger type experience but uh no, no complaints so far yeah, well that's good all right well uh let's let's just go straight to ireland we <laughs> we already discussed nebraska minnesota uh, we'll get some of Frost's comments. We'll get to, to that here in a little bit. But let's let's talk about the big news that came out on Monday, uh, which helped Nebraska turn the page from their 34-7 to defeat at the hands of the Minnesota Gophers over the weekend. Nebraska will be playing in Ireland in 2021 in Dublin. Uh, first, what do you guys think about Nebraska doing this? And secondly, how do you feel like it sets up the schedule for that year? First off, I like the idea of, uh, like, after the game Saturday, they're like, what can we come up with in the next 24 hours to kind of get get this focused on something else? And so they put together a quick trip to Ireland. But uh, (laughs) I would have liked that if that had happened that quickly. But in reality, as we learned on Tuesday, uh, this has been two years in the making. Uh, Nebraska was heavily courted for this game because of their fan following. And I do think Nebraska uh, will, will fans will go by the droves to this game since it's the opener to the season. Uh, I like it. I mean, I, I like how it sets up with what is a rugged 2021 schedule. Uh, it allowed them to put an FCS team in that November slot where Illinois previously was. So it kind of breaks up the big 10 grind. And, uh, you know, that's a schedule that features road games at Oklahoma, at Ohio State. Um, I think they play Michigan that year. Uh, so it's a, it's a tough slate. Uh, so 
and it's a week zero game. I mean, you get all that net. It is national attention you get. People are going to be hungry to watch college football that week because it's the first of it. And so even though it's Nebraska-Illinois, which isn't the most attractive game, uh, it's still uh, it's still going to draw quite an audience. I, I like it for a, a couple reasons. I, I think it's it's kind of unique. I, I think it's it's great for Nebraska fans. I think the fact that you're not having to go to Champaign that year is even better. I think that's probably the biggest plus uh, for the whole trip. But you know, I, I I think it's it's something that can be used as a recruiting tool. Scott Frost kind of alluded to that today. That you know they're definitely going to be mentioning that trip to recruits that they're currently recruiting guys who uh, they're going to be recruiting for the 2021 class. So uh, it, it's I, I don't see a, a downside to it. Plus, you, you, it breaks up the schedule. Like Brian said, you get a little bit of a break in what's a pretty tough stretch in the Big Ten schedule in 2021 uh, later on. So I, I, I think it's cool. I mean, people I, I know I saw some people kind of rolling their eyes at the whole thing, but um you know why not? It's kind of a kind of a fun deal. You get a week zero game with all eyes on you. So uh, s- sign me up for uh, Ireland and whatever that entails. Yeah, I mean, I will just completely echo those thoughts. I I actually have been a little bit. I don't know if I should be, but I'm a little surprised by just the reaction of. I mean, I know a lot of people that are very interested in in going to this game, and so um, you know, I'll be very curious here in a couple years' time. It's a 51,000 seat stadium. Uh, I suspect it's going to be painted pretty heavily red. No offense to Illinois and, and their fan base, but I don't anticipate uh, you know that there'll be a whole lot of orange in that stadium uh, when when they play. And so, like Brent said, I mean, definitely not a major recruiting tool, but certainly is something that's going to perk up a kid's ears. Like you get a chance to go to. Uh, an international game. I mean, there's not a whole lot of teams that are going to be able to offer that uh, in addition to everything else that Nebraska wants to offer. And here's something else, two years in the making and 2021, I mean, I know this Nebraska season hasn't gone the way that a lot of people had hoped or predicted or any of that stuff. But by the time you get to 2021, if Nebraska is able to get this off the ground, you would hope that you have a potentially ranked team going into that game. I have no idea who's going to be coaching Illinois at that point. <laughs> I doubt it's going to be Lovey Smith, uh, but we will see. That, that, it, that's the biggest question in this whole thing, right, is, is who's going to be standing on the opposite sideline for Nebraska in that game. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if, if Vegas was putting out uh, potential people, I, I that job would just fascinate me because they've, they've tried everything, and I'm curious what route they have to go next. Luke Fickle. Yeah, he's got the Big Ten ties, but... Give me the Zucker. Bring back the Zucker. (laughs) Bring back Ron Zook. Uh, What about about Brett Bielema? Hmm. You know, you could do worse than Big Brett. That that concludes your uh, Illinois Hot Board podcast, I think. (laughs) That was a pretty good hot board. Slightly premature hot board since apparently Lovey Smith still has his job for now. Yeah, I, I guess he does. And his beard. He does have his beard. Uh, all right. So Frost also talked about Nebraska coming off of this Minnesota game. And, and in the third shift podcast that we did after the game on Saturday, uh, we, we walked through all of the things that went wrong. What did Frost have to say today when you guys were over there? 
Oh, uh, it's back to the basics. Uh, that was the thing they stressed. Uh, he did talk about true freshmen that could get a better look this week. They're having three practices this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, and they're going to do a lot of good on good. So generally during a game week within the season, <clears throat> it's a uh, the, the top unit against the scout team guys. But, but this week, it's going to be first stringers against first stringers. So this is going to be a good opportunity for them to look at some offensive linemen going against the top defensive linemen and see, okay, who do, who do you want to play at left guard, uh, Brock Bando or Hickson? Um, obviously, the whole could Bryce Benhart play four games and slide in there? He's got to you know, prove it this week or the, over the next two weeks probably that he's ready for that if that's going to happen. And then there's just some young guys that I think, you know, Ramir Johnson has two games left to play. There's obviously some guys on the back end of the defense who are young players um, who, you know, like a Miles Farmer type who you could throw out there for some action. And I think Garrett Nelson's a guy who, you know, some of the players after the game Saturday talked about right now, Austin Allen said this, guys actually are fearing failure too much. They're they're not – you know, if you miss, you miss, but you do it full speed, and Nebraska's just not doing that right now. Garrett Nelson would be an example of a young guy who, if he misses, it is going to be full speed. So you can make an argument for throwing some of those guys into the mix, but obviously, uh, more than anything, they've got to find some staple things they can do with the run game that uh, are not always putting their quarterback in harm's way because uh, they're already dinged up enough there. Scott Frost talked, you, you mentioned the freshman, and, and he dropped a couple names on defense that I thought, one who I thought we would have seen by now, and I'm surprised that we haven't, and another guy that I figured was probably going to redshirt, he, he mentioned Ty Robinson uh, and Masai Newsom. Mm-hmm. I, I think, Brian, when you and I went through uh, in August kind of you know what the picture was going to look like for some of these true freshmen, Ty Robinson was a guy that we said was going to kind of be on the cusp of maybe playing just based on size, maybe not need, but you know, the, the fact that Scott Frost name checked him, you know, mentioned him specifically mentioned Newsom, um, it was interesting. Do, do you think that we see actually see new names though? Because if you go back, you know, the first seven weeks of the season, we've heard that these, wide receivers are coming along or we might see some new guys or whatever. But do, do you think that when we come out for that Indiana game and, and we're, you know, seeing guys warm up and whatnot, do you think that we see a guy like a Ty Robinson get in there or somebody like a Masai Newsom or somebody that we haven't seen yet to kind of provide a spark beyond just, uh, you know, Hey, we're going to play this guy for four games. So we get some, exp- some experience. Uh, I'm pretty skeptical of it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. On the defense, on the defensive line, uh, in the on the back end, I could see where Pula Gates and Farmer types, you know, you could see them here and there. But when you think about Nebraska's defensive line, even though it felt like, and I do think they got pushed around a little bit uh, Saturday, as Scott Frost pointed out today, the film actually showed him that some of the biggest problems in that game with the run defense were actually second and third level situations where run fits were just terrible, which we already knew, but it was interesting how he put most of the blame on the run fits today, as opposed to just getting physically manhandled up front. I do think it was kind of a combination of both, but I I think his point is well taken. But with that said, 
the defensive line still, I mean, has five or six guys that are veteran players that you're going to roll with in these games that you need to win some games to get to six. And so I don't think it's going to be easy for a true freshman who hasn't played one snap yet to just suddenly break in in the, in the Big Ten play uh, in these games that are undoubtedly going to be tight. Or are you, are you going to throw them out there against Wisconsin for their first game? I really doubt it. So I think Jakeem Green could get in there for four games. They have a plan for him maybe. But I, I, I wonder how you work those other guys in. It's going to be tricky. Yeah, it's kind of the kind of the million dollar question is is what are we going to see some of these guys and then yeah some of those guys that were class of 2018 that we haven't seen a lot from that are redshirt freshmen as well and so I keep wondering if we might see some different people in that regard but we're gonna have to wait see what happens with the the week of Indiana see who pops there during those uh, practice sessions and who actually makes it out onto the field. All right, when we come back, I am going to talk about Nebraska's newest addition to their 2020 class, Marquise Black. We'll even get a little bit of baseball talk here in the fall. And no, it's not about how the St. Louis Cardinals are getting swept in four games. It's something else entirely. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back. All right. Marquise Black. Defensive lineman from Georgia, committed to Nebraska. He actually committed on Friday night, called Scott Frost, let the coach know that he was planning on being a Husker, uh, which is the same sort of thing that his brother did, who committed to Central Florida and is stuck with UCF um, back in 2017 uh, when Nebraska's coaching staff was then with the Knights and they were recruiting Tyrese Black. Marquise Black is going to be kind of a uh, – an interesting guy because he doesn't fit the stereotype of the defensive lineman that we have seen Nebraska recruit previously. This is someone that's more in line with what Tony Tuyoti has been doing. A guy that could play either nose tackle or more likely a defensive end where Nebraska has put more of an emphasis of recruiting him. They think he can be a guy that on second and third down in passing situations has the ability that can get to the quarterback, but can also hold up, set the edge. Uh, and hold up against multiple blockers in the run game as well. At 6'2 nearly 6'3", 290 pounds, he certainly is big enough. So he, he kind of fits, and I, I say this a lot, you watch what happens with Cal and what they've been doing with their defense, and you see what it is that Tony Tuioti wants for this 3-4 front and the kind of guys that he's recruiting. So Marquise Black certainly fits in that regard. And I still think Nebraska's going to go out and try to get a couple more defensive linemen in this class as well. 
Uh, I would expect four total defensive linemen. If we were going to go through the numbers right now, which we sure can, uh, you know, they have their one quarterback. They have their two running backs. They currently have two wide receivers. I think they'll take four total pass catchers. Uh, One of those guys could ultimately end up being a tight end if he grows into that position. Three offensive linemen, so 10 on the offensive side of the ball. And then four defensive linemen, two of which they have committed. I think five total linebackers, uh, two of which they have committed. And then four defensive backs, two of which they have committed. So they need about uh, 13 guys on defense, 10 on offense. I'm projecting right around 23. They're sitting at 14 commits, so they got to go out and find nine more is what it looks like at this point in time. So um, going to be busy. Uh, they have three commits in the defensive backfield. I forgot about Ronald Delancey who committed uh, as well. So it'll be a busy bye week for them. The staff's supposed to go out on the road on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, I don't know who's all going to come back and run practices for them on Friday. Frost is going to be on the road numerous times this week. They want to go into high schools. They want to see 2020s, 2021s. They want to get to some practices. Uh, I believe they're going to be down in Florida here um, pretty soon, and and they're going to be in Georgia this week. So we know they're going to be in the southeast. I expect someone's going to get out west, probably Tony Tuioti, going to go to the uh, northern Cal area where he has spent some time recruiting, maybe dips down into southern Cal as well. But expect to see uh, some Twitter activities, some coaches uh, getting out on the road and, and really, like I said, trying to shore up those last nine spots. With the two bye weeks this year, does that change the tactics, I guess, and kind of how they approach things? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I think that they want to use both of them pretty heavily for recruiting because with the two bye weeks, it means you have one less week in December. And I don't think they're going to bring in any visitors necessarily, but I do think that they want to use this time to get coaches on the road as much as possible. So you're going to try to to go and see like a Shea Bryant Strother who you haven't seen since he was here in June. You've been on the phone with a lot, but you're going to want to make sure that you get Barrett Rude or Sean Becton into his school this week. And because you're going to be in Georgia, you're probably going to have a couple coaches that are going to be in that area. And linebackers are certainly going to be uh, what they're going to be talking about and looking at with Desmond Tistel and Shea Bryant Strother, Jared Ivey. So certainly going to be a lot of activity I expect in the state of Georgia and, and, it's going to be both weeks. I mean, I really think they have to use these two bye weeks well. And Nebraska has a nice little run going right now. You know, talking with the people over there, there wasn't a lot of concern about when it started slow because they always sort of feel like they get their commitments and flurries. We've seen three commits over the last 10, 11 days. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple more people here by the time we get to the end of the month here in a couple of weeks. Nebraska currently 28th in the country, I believe, uh, before Sevion Morrison committed. They were high 60s, low 70s. Is that uh, fair? They're, they're moving on up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, since Sevion committed, it was Sevion and then uh, Marvin Scott, then Henry Gray, then the linebacker Rodney Gross, then Ronald Delancey, and now finally Marquise Black. So they've certainly been busy. And in between there, they also got a couple 2021s and Teddy Prohaska and RJ Sorensen. And that's another thing. They're going to spend some time getting to some different schools. I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Shenander pops into a couple schools in Iowa if all the 2021 guys Nebraska is recruiting. Or if they try to get Barrett Root over to Council Bluffs as well, if he spends some time here in the state. So these guys are going to be busy. Uh, they're going to be using, you know, as many, as many uh, flight miles and and everything else that they can rack up here this these few days. And 
then they're going to get right back into trying to prepare everything for a five and two, uh, a potentially five and two Indiana team that could be coming to Lincoln this weekend, next weekend. Brunts, you uh, you had an opportunity to watch some baseball. Uh, what did you see? Yeah, Nebraska baseball uh, finished up the red-white series uh, on Monday, actually. I was out there on Wednesday before uh, the, the, the lousy weather cost him the weekend. Uh, first look at a, a Will Bolt team, um, and, and it was an interesting kind of group. You've got uh, the, this team's battling some injuries right now. Um, guys kind of playing in different places. Uh, Luke Boynton, the freshman slugger out of Georgia, hurt uh, a knee. He's out uh, for a little bit of time. Uh, Nebraska also starting to get some guys back uh, from arm injuries uh, who missed last season. Tyler Martin, probably the most notable of those guys uh, from a year ago. Also, Spencer Schwellenbach was back uh, fielding and throwing. He had a off-season surgery uh, in June. So uh, just, just Kind of went into it looking to see kind of what a, a Lance Harville Will Bolt offense looks like. I was impressed uh, with the work they did with two strikes. Um, you know, Mojo Haggy got a hit off of a lefty, which uh, if anybody's followed Nebraska baseball uh, for any amount of time, that's been a bit of a rarity. Um, and, and just, you know, trying to get guys to be aggressive, really f- battling in counts and I asked kind of asked Will, you know, what, what is a what does your offense look like? How do you pigeonhole it? And he said, you know, if wind's blowing in, they've got the ability to bunt and move guys. If the wind's blowing out, uh, they're they're going to try and play gorilla ball basically. So, uh, you know, it's, it's fall. You probably can't take too much from it, but uh, I, I was I was impressed, I guess, with how hard guys are playing. Uh, I guess part of that also is probably because they're auditioning for jobs. But I, I think they've got some pieces there. And if the pitching kind of falls into place, uh, they're going to be pretty competitive uh, in the Big Ten in his first year. So it'll be interesting to see how see how all, all of that unfolds. They still have a game against a scrimmage against Kansas uh, later this weekend, but uh, for the most part, they're all wrapped up over there at Haymarket Park. All right, that's some good stuff right there. Uh, any final thoughts before we close out this bi-week podcast? No hype cast. Uh, we will not get you hyped for Nebraska's non-game on Saturday, nor will we get you hyped for any other contest on Saturday. Well, that's disappointing. I, I want to, you know, hype cast. Well, do you have an oddly specific prediction you'd like to make for the week? Maybe we can do that right now. I might go to the zoo this weekend. Um, so... Uh, my my oddly specific prediction is the best thing will be that swamp thing, the swamp thing that's below the desert. <laughs> I, I like that nobody had heard from Brian in about 11 minutes, and all of a sudden he's <laughs> yelling about the zoo. <laughs> I was just li- I was listening. I was being I was being informed by you guys. Desert dome uh, guy, huh? Big <laughs> desert dome guy. You, you didn't know that about me. Don't that's sleep it. on the Desert Dome. That's interesting. I would have pegged you as more of a jungle guy myself. Desert Dome is actually not good, but the swamp is pretty good down in the bottom. Are you uh, Are you going to take the Skyfari? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm probably going to go Sunday during the Vikings game to distract me in case things go poorly. You should go boo the Lions. <laughs> ah. They've had a hard enough week. <laughs> Yeah, they Don't have. worry. The, the zebras will run by and throw a flag on them for something. Oh, 
What's with the zoo dad jokes? Jeez. <laughs> it's just right there. I'm not, you know, you just throw those bitches in. I'm not going to just take them. It kind of fits this podcast. It kind of started off like it needed to have some dad jokes in it. And I've, I've kind of led us that way. I feel like, so I'm, I'm sorry for that. Well, get, right. us out, get us out here, Mike. <laughs> well, if you're looking for dad jokes or you're looking for Husker content, we can help you out with both of them at Husker 24-7. Should have all of the coverage from the bye week. There won't be any more media availability, but we're still going to have plenty of content this week, including some great recruiting stuff. Uh, I'm probably going to be listing who I think the 10 biggest targets are for Nebraska in the 2020 class and their remaining spots. That might be of interest to you because Nebraska looks like they could use some help. Here's a hint. A lot of them seem to be on the defensive side of the ball. So you can look forward to that and everything else on Husker 24-7. We'll be back with our regular podcast next week in what should be the full three-podcast week as the Hypecast will return for the Indiana game. And then the third shift will be there when we discuss whether Scott Frost was able to beat Tom Allen and the Hoosiers. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.